in to the PFF NFL Daily. Week one is almost in the book, Sam. So we're just going to react and overreact to whatever the most surprising thing was that we've seen so far here in week one with just a Monday night football game to go. So, Sam, I'll let you go first. What surprised you the most in the week one action? Yeah, and there's a lot of them. Um, week one was kind of wild this week. A lot of surprising results, a lot of surprising performances, but I don't think any more crazy than Tyrod Taylor playing out of his mind, the Texans laying an absolute beatdown on Jacksonville. It ended up, what, 37 to 21, but it wasn't that close. Like, the Texans got out to an early lead, established it, kept it ticking over, and then obviously when chasing the game late on, Jacksonville came back into it a little bit. But A, Houston were good. B, Tyrod Taylor looked like a good caliber starting quarterback. And this never even entered my mind until like last week sometime where it just sort of registered, hey, what if Tyrod Taylor actually goes back to being, you know, the decent starter that he was back in Buffalo a few years ago? Maybe the Texans wouldn't stink this year. So that was just wild to see. I thought I think the other part of it, too, is as much as we as much time as we've had to go back and forth and say, look, the Texans roster doesn't look good and they've had all this turnover. But we we keep we keep making the point that, hey, they've added depth and they've done, you know, that if you added Deshaun Watson as the quarterback again, the way he played last year, they'd probably be better, even though it's a whole bunch of unexciting additions. But those guys seem to play well. You know, a lot of their additions played well, but also Tyrod played well. Right. And made some big chunk plays to flip the field and the Texans defense played way better than expected they haven't had a good defense in years there I also don't know how much this says about the Jaguars and uh, Trevor Lawrence for all uh, the the, I mean there are a couple throws in there that are just wow like you're the number one overall pick then there's a few other that are like hey wow this is your first NFL game what are you looking at what are you throwing it to so how much of this is the Jaguars how much of this is the Texans either way surprising result I agree Yeah, I mean, there's some plays in there where you're like, you've seen cover two before, correct? You understand that this cornerback will be dropping from the flat into the area that you're trying to throw this football. Um, Yeah, I mean, it it almost feels like a game that might actually say more about Jacksonville than it does Houston. But I just keep coming back to there. There aren't that many players that you sort of have. A an actual like emotional connection to in terms of wanting to see them do really well. But Tyrod Taylor, given what he's been through in terms of losing one job kind of through concussion, though he was probably losing that anyway to to Baker Mayfield shortly after being run out of Buffalo after three reasonable seasons starting and then losing his job in in, uh, Los Angeles because the doctor punctured his lung, giving him a a painkilling injection to play the game through the busted ribs that he was already dealing with Um, to come back be in this like dumpster fire of an environment in the offseason and then actually ball out, look like the guy from several years ago and lead a team all the way to a win, I think it's just great. And he legitimately played very well. Like he had one bad turnover worthy, uh, could have been a pick, could have been a pick six, honestly. Um, But everything else was pretty good. Yeah, and for the Texans, look, Tyrod hasn't played a lot of football, but he didn't look all that rusty. Uh, Brandon Cooks was a big play threat. Farrell Brown, Danny Amendola, who they just grabbed off the waiver wire, finds the end zone. So and, it, Amendola an, only makes like ridiculous diving catches for for eight yards. It's right. insane. 
And, and then Mark Ingram, who the, the Ravens basically just gave up on last year. They didn't even want him as part of their rotation. He gets fed the ball 26 times. So you've got some of this old school ground and pound as they got up. And um, again, all of the all of the players that they grabbed from all over the league seem to do well for Houston. And then for the Jags, again, back to uh, back to the drawing board. Let's see if they could bounce back here in week two i want to get into my big surprise but even though week one's over the season's just getting started at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl to kick off week two DraftKings is giving new customers 200 dollars in free bets instantly when you bet on when you bet one dollar on any football game listen up because you don't want to miss this head to DraftKings sportsbook app now place a bet of one dollar on any week two game to receive 200 dollars in free bets instantly if sportsbook is not yet available in your state. DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So go, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per, cu- per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or Indiana. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Uh, my biggest surprise, Sam, it has to be the Saints and the Packers game, man. I mean, that was for all the talk this offseason. The Saints are regressing. The Packers are the, the Aaron Rodgers drama, you know, mad Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's going to come out mad. He might be mad the wrong way. Like, he just doesn't care. He, I've never seen him. His first interception, he was under pressure and he, you know, chucks it up. Then he just throws it. He just arm punts it from the end zone to a safety. I've never seen him that careless with the football. The Packers got absolutely demoralized by the Saints in this one. So you have to ask the question again, are the Saints this good or the Packers that bad? Yeah, I mean, that that's one of the more confusing results, I think, of week one. Not that, that New Orleans looked good and that reports of their demise was greatly exaggerated in the offseason. I, right. I think we started to come around to that idea for the last few weeks, but that Green Bay just didn't show up and looked terrible, and Aaron Rodgers looked terrible and made a bunch of horrible decisions, and the Packers looked a million miles away from contending in the NFC, which everybody just assumes they're going to do year after year. They're going to win that division because who else is going to be able to keep pace with them? They look terrible. And as much as this does feel like a sort of, hey, this is week one and there are weird results that happen in week one, the Packers seem to have more of those games where they just don't show up or Rodgers gets blown out for some reason despite being one of the, what, five greatest quarterbacks in NFL history I said to you that, you know, someone needs to run this study of like elite quarterbacks. How many games have they lost by like 20 plus points? Because Rodgers seems to have more of those than any of those other top guys. Manning, Brady obviously never loses. Patrick Mahomes has got some insane stat about um, other than the Super Bowl, you know, never losing by more than six points or something insane. Rodgers does, though. Every now and again, he has a game where it just doesn't happen. And you, they, they don't tend to be very many. And they're they're few and far between. But they're there, and they, they're not right. that irregular. It's another one where, again, you're trying to divvy up credit and blame, right? I mean, I, I think the Saints' defense does deserve a ton of credit because uh, Marshawn Lattimore is banged up at times. But we talked about their cornerback situation so much. But when you looked, when you looked at what the Packers had, not a lot of open receivers. Even like Rogers' best throw, he squeezes it in between double coverage to create a chunk play. If he didn't have that, his stat lines even worse than if he doesn't have the 31-yard dime that he threw to Devontae Adams. 
But look, I, I think the Saints defense just was fantastic. The, the defensive line did a nice job. I think that also brings up concerns about the Packers offensive line. You know, I, it, it's been a makeshift unit and it was what we talked about in the PFF NFL podcast uh, as part of the preview. I didn't think it would be this prevalent, though. Um, and then the other side was just the Saints controlling the football. I mean, the Packers ran 12 plays in the first half or just, you know, just before or after the two minute warning. It was insane how much the Saints controlled this game. And you got to talk about Jameis, too. Jameis just played this clean game of football where five of his 20 attempts found the end zone. Absolutely incredible top to bottom as far as the Saints go in their execution in this game. Yeah, it, it's going to be fun to watch this Jameis Winston within a Sean Payton offense thing because you know, that wasn't that wasn't the same as the the preseason Jameis, you know, where like two out of his 10 pass attempts were deep bombs down the field for monster touchdowns. We're like, oh, Jameis is going to be incredible. This was this was a lot of give and take from everybody. Yeah. And well, the question we asked was, is is there going to be a balance between what Jameis does and what Sean Payton does? And I think it, I think it was just Jameis was running Sean Payton's offense, which is take what's there. Take the horizontal stretches. Again, a lot of his great passes were in the red zone. I thought that he did a nice job stepping up, throwing the ball away from coverage, and then capped it with the bomb to Devontae Harris for a 55-yarder for his fifth touchdown. Everything else was in the in the short game. But combination of Jameis, Alvin Kamara, Tony Jones running the ball well, the Saints offense. I think what Sean Payton is showing is whatever – I always talk about answers, Sam. Whatever the defense is showing, he's going to have answers. He's had answers whether it's Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, or Jameis Winston under center. Yeah, I mean, I think this does an awful lot to enhance Sean Payton's legacy that Drew Brees leaves and <laughs> through one game anyway. The, they haven't dropped a beat. They, they still look like they're going to have a dominant offense again. Um, anything else from week one that jumped out as a complete surprise? I was – not shocked, but I was reasonably surprised that Jalen Hurts looked as good as he did for the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought he looked significantly better than he did last year. Yeah, I thought Hurts and, and the e- I thought the Eagles in general, their pass rush was impressive against the Falcons. And I would say the Steelers, um, they came out and they, they balled out. They didn't. We'll talk more about it on the PFF NFL podcast, but they didn't attack like they usually do. Four man rush, sitting in zone and made Josh Allen uncomfortable. Impressive defensive effort by the Steelers. But anyway, we're here to celebrate the Houston Texans. First place in the AFC South all by themselves, as expected, after week one. Always full of surprises. What was your biggest surprise here in week one? It's the PFF NFL Daily.